pray that, that this morning that those words would be our uh, confession. Those words would be our, our, our words to you. Those would be our words of commitment for all that you have done for us. I know that you just say, just respond to that. And so we pray that, that we would today, that we'd respond to it today. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, go ahead and take a seat, everybody. Oh, it's been a morning. <laughs> um, We'll, we'll talk about it at the end of the service, but Becky, this is Becky's last Sunday here. And so I've been a mess, but I keep telling her it's because I got my COVID shot um, uh, yesterday and, and it's 24 hours later. And I've been told that after 24 hours after your COVID shot, you start weeping. And uh, other people just feel it. They just feel like flu symptoms. For me, for some reason, it's coming out as tears. So, um, but, uh, but I am going to sit for today because it, it is funny that you wake up at five in the morning and you go, I think I'm fine. And then you, at this point, you're not, I'm not fine anymore. So, um, but I do have my second COVID shot, so that's good. So I'm done there. Um, you guys, I, before we get going, uh, by the way, I'm Bill Stevens. I'm one of the pastors here. And um, if I've never met you, I would love to meet you. Uh, I'm, I'm not somebody that's going to go off on the side and, and hope that, you know, you don't engage. I actually really want to engage with you. If you want to go out for coffee, I'd love to go out for coffee with you. And, um, but, but I just, I love it that we're here, that we get to gather together. That is not something that we take for granted anymore. I love it for all of us that are online that you're part of that. We get to gather together. And man, we desperately, desperately need to gather together. So I love it that we, that we get to be here together today. Um, I want to give you a little bit of a, of, an, of a clarification and an update that just bef before we get going with the sermon that I did last week. Last week, I shared with a lot of you guys, I shared with you that we, um, that we closed on our 96th Street property. And that was big news, big news for us at church. Yes, we can celebrate that together. Um, it was... It was big news, but then I realized as I went home, I'm going, you know, for some of you that haven't been around, that have been, this is, this is new for you this year, um, that's, you're, you're probably looking at it going, why do they have property on 96th Street? Where on 96th Street? What's not, you might be going, are, you, are they into kind of like buying and selling properties? No, no, let me tell you, I, let me just give you a tiny bit of background on that so, that so that you understand where we're at too and why we celebrated so much. A few years ago, we, we, we've known we've been in this building on just a a month-to-month -month basis, and we were here for like six, seven years on a month-to-month -month lease. And, and we knew we had to get to a, to, a, um, to a new location. And so we were looking, and there was one piece of land in the city of Louisville that was still available, and it was 96th and Dillon. So we stepped into that, and our leadership team, Jim and I, we got together. We started talking about the, that, that 96th Street property, and we said, let's go for it. So we purchased that. And, and as we, when we purchased it, we knew it was complicated, but it's a really complicated piece of property. There's no infrastructure. There's no water. There's no sewage. There's no electricity. You have to bring all those things into that property. And so we did, and it's expensive, but we knew that was part of the whole process. While that was happening, the owner of this building dropped his price on selling this building almost in half. He had this ridiculous amount that he wanted to sell it for. He dropped it in almost in half, and then we started talking about it. We started talking about what if we bought this place and we developed part of it and it became a magnet for the city. 
And how fun would that be? And so we talked about it and we said, even though we're pretty far down the road towards down, down 96, we're gonna do a right-hand turn and we're actually going to purchase this building instead. But we did it with a, with a great amount of, we had to have a lot of faith that God would, that, that 96 T property would still sell because we could be sitting on that for the next 10 years. And we're going, man, we just gotta pray that it would sell. And we had a buyer but those, that buyer, man, they had to go through all the process with the city. They were on the edge of stepping away from it. Then they came back and then they're stepping away from it. They came back and finally last week they said, all right, fine. Okay, the city was okay with it. And they, with what they're going to do, they signed on the bottom line. We got the cash back. And so $3.2 million was brought back into our hands, which was a huge deal. Okay, so that's why... We celebrate. That's why that's such a big deal for us as a church. It allows us to start thinking about what's happening here. Just to give you a quick update of what's happening here, we, we don't need 130,000 square feet, and that's how big this building is, okay? We don't need all of that. I know we'd like to have an en enormous room for our high school students to run around in. We don't need 130,000 square feet to do it. So we have a developer that's developing half of the building, and we're going to be taking the other half or just a little bit less than half of the rest of the building. And so we've been working with that developer. We have to work with the rest of the, um, of the, of the businesses and what's called the Centennial Valley Marketplace. That's all these businesses around here to make sure they're okay with what the developer will do. We're working with the city on if they're okay with what's gonna happen. We wanna make this a magnet for the city. We want people to come in here and, and, and have, enjoy what's happening on one half of the building and also recognize there's a church that's for them on the other half of the building as well. That's the vision for it. We're in the process of doing that. Once we get finished that beginning process, we'll be able to actually start the construction on our side. But we're working with general contractors and with, uh, with um, uh, architects and all of it. We've been doing, looking at the blueprints and trying to figure out what we want to do for the building. That's all in process. Hopefully in the next few months, we're going to get to put a shovel in the ground. It's concrete, so it can't be a shovel in the ground, but we're going to at least start the construction on the building, okay? So there's the update on what's going on around here. I want to make sure every guy, all of you guys are in a part of that and get to celebrate that along the way. It's going to be a really fun year to watch that all unfold, okay? All right, well, let's get, let's get to what we're talking about today, okay? Um, because I'm going in a, a different direction than what I thought I was going to go today. I, I, I thought for sure, Make It Matter series, we've been talking through it as a teaching team on which direction we were going to go with it. I knew what I was going to speak on this week. And then Aisha spoke last week and it changed the direction for where I want to go. Um, Aisha, Aisha came up here. And if you weren't here, she, she, she introduced the Make It Matter series. She talked about what Make It Matter at Home looks like. And then she did something that was really powerful. She, she invited us into the middle of what's going on in her life. She didn't invite us into what happened and she reflects back on it. She invited us to what's going on right in the middle. And it was really, it's, it was, it's hard stuff. It was, she was very emotional about it. She talked about how she and Maurice are, really want to have children. And that they're in the heart of wanting to, to, to get pregnant and, and have babies. But she said that's not going the way they wanted it to go. And it's testing, it's testing patience and it's testing, um, it's, it's testing her peace about it all. And so she, she invited us into the middle and we leaned in. There was something powerful about it. 
And we leaned into it. I think some of us, we haven't, some of us responded with clapping and some of us are clapping because that's our COVID hug to just go, we're with you in this, Aisha. But then there was something about when Aisha shared that she's struggling with it and she's meeting God in the midst of it and God's meeting her in the midst of that struggle. There's something about that that inspires us. It made me think about other times where that's happened in this room. It's been over the last seven years, there's been many times where that's happened where someone will come up and invite us into the middle and, and we're drawn into it. When my, when my mentor in my life, Don Bachman, came up here years ago and he talked about what it's like to still love his wife and be there for his wife in the middle of her dementia where she doesn't even recognize his, his name. He just, she didn't even know his name anymore and how in the, in, in that, in the middle, and he didn't know how long that was going to last. He didn't know what, what, what was, what was going to happen next, but he invited us into the middle and we responded. And we responded, you guys gave him a standing ovation, you guys that were here. Now, I think you gave him the ovation partly because you appreciated his honesty and his vulnerability, but there was something else about it as he talked about God and how God is meeting him in that middle, in that mess that, made, that drew us, drew us to Jesus. There's something about that that's happening. Remember that happened when Vic Goulas came up here. Vic is a good, a good friend of mine and a, and a loved person in this church. Vic's in the heart of struggling through ALS. And he invited us into that struggle, into the middle. He said, man, let me tell you what it's like to lose, hand, lose, lose your functioning of your hands and your feet. Let me tell you what it's like to know what this outcome is ultimately going to be. But he invited us into the middle that you rarely hear that. Somebody that has the courage to share from the middle and we lean into it. Because as he's sharing about that, he's also sharing about what God is doing in his life in the midst of all, of the, all that's happening. And we're drawn to it. Why are we drawn to it? Well, that's what I want to unpack today because here's what happened. Last week, Aisha brings us to the Sermon on the Mount. She said, she, as she's talking about her piece, she, she, she says, now let, let's look at the Sermon on the Mount. It's a sermon that Jesus gave to a bunch of people. Start with his disciples, other people gather, and it's a bunch of people that Jesus gave this, this sermon to. Now, now, when he's given that sermon, he's talking about the kingdom of God. Anytime you ever hear Jesus talking about the kingdom of God, know this. That's not some distant land. That's not some far off place and far off king. That is the reign of God right now and for eternity. That's when he's talking about, when he's talking about the kingdom of God. It's the reign of God now for, and for eternity. Remember when he taught us to pray, he said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is the beginning. This is God's reign. God's kingdom is happening right now. So, so she points us to the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus talked about the kingdom of God. Well, the first service I'm listening to it and I just listened to all that she said and I was right there with her. The second service, since I had listened to it, the first service, the second service, I just got caught in the, in, in the Sermon on the Mount. I just started reading it. I had the message paraphrase out and I was reading through the Sermon on the Mount and I was realizing as I'm reading it, if Jesus were to title that sermon, I think he would have titled it that. Make it matter. I think he would have gone, this is what I want. I love you. I forgive you. I have, gra I have grace for you. I have mercy for you. I have all that I have taught, all of who I am. Every bit of my life is poured out for you guys. And here's how I want you to make it matter. I think that that's what he would have titled it because that's all he talks about throughout it. The ki thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Make this matter on this earth. 
And so I started reading through it going, man, he's talking about exactly what we're talking about. But then as I began reading through it, as I'm the first part of it, I'm going, oh my gosh. And what Aisha's talking about and her letting us into that middle and where that brings us, he actually speaks to that right off the bat at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. That's what I want to get into today, okay? So let's, let's spend some time looking at the, those words that he shared as he just started that sermon. Father, I want to pray that you would bless as we read this, do you bless this, this time? I know that you can draw us closer to you. I know that your word has power. And I pray that through your word, we would embrace and see what you have in store for us and what this means, this kingdom of God, and what it means as we try to make this matter in this world. So God, speak to us this morning. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, the way I want to get this started is I want to show you a, a, a spot in my life, a place in my life that was super important to me for two really important moments of my life, okay? So check this out. This is a picture of Jackie and I. This is years later, but this is a picture of Jackie and I on the steps of the Chi Omega sorority at the University of Washington, okay? These, those two steps right there, that bottom step and the one up from that, they hold a very, very tender place in my heart, okay? Here's here's what happened. 30 some years ago, I'm 29, 30 years ago, I'm at a party and I meet this girl. She is beautiful. And so she's totally caught my eye. And then I'm, I'm listening to her as she captures all the people around her. She's, they're all laughing. She's just got this unbelievable sense of humor. She, she, she's, uh, you know, and, and as I, as I talk to her more, I'm, I'm even more drawn to her. I'm enamored by her. And, and have I, did I tell you she was beautiful? And so I'm, 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 I'm spending more time just listening to her. And then eventually everyone else is going home and we're sitting there in these two Papasan chairs and, and we're, we're, just, we're just talking all night long. Later that week, I, I, I get up the courage to give her a call and I just say, hey, um, Jackie, Sylvie, will you come, come to my house uh, for a date? We, we, let's, let's watch Saturday Night Live together. I mean, I mean, it was so romantic. It was, let's, let's go watch Saturday Night Live together at my house. So she, she uh, that night, she comes over. Um, she walks by herself to my house. I was, I'm very ashamed of that. There was no chivalry at all. I, was, I, was, I just made her walk by herself to my house. She gets to my house. I mean, I spent the afternoon preparing and thinking through all the questions I would ask her. My twin brother and I came up with a list of 30 questions of what was your dog's name and where. I mean, we had it all. I was all ready. I was so nervous. And we get there and we watch Saturday Night Live. We get, we get done. We get back out two and a half blocks and we walk back to those steps, to the steps of Chi Omega. She stands. Go, go ahead and Greta, throw that back on there. She stands on that second to last step. I stand on the last one. And I was going to shake her hand. It was our first date. I was going to shake her hand. But she started making out with me. I mean, it was just crazy. It was like, come on, Jackie. First date, really? So at least that's the way I remember it. Uh, but she, we, right there, see, she stood a step. She had it all planned. She wouldn't have gone a step up from me if she didn't plan on kissing me. So she had it all planned right there. And so we kissed right there on those two steps at Chi Omega. And that was the beginning of love that still 30 years later, we're still, we just, I just love her more today than I did then. Three months later, something else happened on the steps of, of Chi Omega right there. I'm sitting there and, and, and I'm trying to unpack all that Denny Ryberg, the director of our college ministry in Seattle, was, was telling us. I was this Catholic kid, didn't understand any of what, what Denny kept unpacking. Jesus' love and grace and mercy, his forgiveness and, 
and all that he has for us. And I'm trying to, to unpack it. I'm sitting there on those steps, looking into that flower bed, and I'm asking Jackie, I'm going, I don't get this. And Jackie, who's always had a stronger faith than me, she's, she, she, she says, I said, I said, Jackie, I don't deserve what you're talking about. And she said, that's the beauty of it. The beauty is we don't deserve it. And there's nothing we can do to earn it. But Jesus has done this for us anyway. And all he's saying is he says, I want you to receive it. And then I want you to give it. I want you to live your life for this. I want other people to be blessed because of this. She's unpacking all that with me right there on those steps at Chi Omega. And that was the beginning of a different love. The love that I experienced and the love that has grown in my relationship with the Lord. And that started right there on those steps. 2,000 years before that, Jesus is sitting with his disciples up on this mountainside with other people starting to gather. And he's going, let me tell you about my love and grace and mercy. And let me tell you what it means. And let me tell you how I want you to live it out. Because there's other people that need to hear the same words that I'm telling you. And so he says, let me, let me show you that. And this is what he says. He says, when Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed a hillside. And those who were apprenticed to him, the committed, climbed with him. And arriving at a quiet place, he sat down and taught his climbing companions. And this is what he said. Now look, and if you've been around Ascent for a while, you've heard this from me before. Do not read scripture. Do not read the Bible and let it just be words that you set aside. Put yourself into the story because it was a real story. Put yourself in it. Think about what it was like. This is, a, this is where the Bible can really come alive for you when, you when you go, okay, they walked up that hillside. Jesus sat with them and he says to them, and he, and he, wanted, to ta he wanted to teach his climbing companions. This is what he said. And he says this, he says, you guys, he says, you're blessed. Now, what he, if, what he goes through is what we now call the Beatitudes, the Beatitudes is just a, for, a formal name for, for these different, the blessings that Jesus is going to talk about. In Latin, it's beate, and, and beate means blessed, and so that's where we get the Beatitudes. But that's, so, so he's, he's writing about, these, he's talking about these, these, these moments that were blessed. Now, what's that mean? Earl Palmer was the senior pastor of the church that I went to in college, and I remember him unpacking that. He said, in a very simple way, when it, says, when it says you're blessed, he says you're on the right track. You can read that, I'm on the right track when, and that's what he's talking about. You're on the right track. And so I love thinking of it that way because he's saying, look, you're, you're blessed. You're on the right track. Now, here's the question, though. On the right track to what? On the right track to what? Is it to eternity? Well, it's not that because we're not earning our way to heaven. You're on the right track. You're, you're earning your way to heaven. That's already been declared for us. When Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave, he looks at us and he says, this is for you. So it's not to get to heaven. That's not what you're on the right track towards that. We feel like that's what it is. We feel like we're on a hot and cold game with God where it's you're getting hotter, you're getting hotter. No, you're getting colder. Now you're getting colder. And during, during COVID now, all of us just feel like we're way colder and we need Jesus to say, you're getting hotter again. We feel like, okay, now I'm on the right track, but he's got a different on there. He's got a different thing in mind. Let's keep reading. Let's figure out what he says. He says, you're, you're blessed. You're on the right track when you're at the end of your rope. What? 
You, the disciples had to be sitting there thinking, he's going to say you're on the right track when you see things start to really fall into place for you. Then you know that God must be blessing you. That's, how, that's what they had to think. But instead, he says, you're on the right track when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there's more of God and his rule. He's saying, when you're at the end of your rope and you recognize that God is there meeting you as you hold on to the very end of your rope, now you're on the right track. On the right track to what? Let's keep reading. He says, you're, you're blessed. You're on the right track when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. He's looking at these guys knowing they've lost some things that are very dear to them. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You've lost it. You'll know. God is right there to embrace you even with what you've lost. When you recognize that and see that, you're on the right track to what? Let's keep going. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourself proud, owners of everything that can't be bought. Man, every one of us struggle with contentment. Every one of us are wishing we were, we were someplace else or something else or more successful. We're looking for that place of contentment. And he's going, you're, when you recognize contentment and what it really is, you're getting on the right track. You're blessed when, you, you're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. I mean, picture that with his friends. He's going, man, when you are hungering and thirsting for my father, he's food and drink and the best meal you'll ever eat. You're blessed when you care. At that moment of being careful, you find yourself cared for. You're on the right track. When you get your inside world, your mind and your heart put right, then you can see God in the outside world. Man, in the midst of the, he keeps going, you guys, he keeps going. In the midst of all of that stuff, all the things that he's talking about, all the times where he's going, man, you're on the right track, you're on the right track. He's, we're still wondering, what are we on the right track towards? And then he gives it to us. He links these together. And I never read it before as linked together, but he links these together. Listen to what he says. He says, let me tell you why you're here. Man, that should make every one of us sit up we're all wondering. We all want purpose in our life. We all want to know what, God, what God's doing. And he's going, let me tell you why you're here. You want to know what, what I'm talking about with being on the right track? Here's why you're here. And he says this. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. What? You're here to be Salt seasoning, they knew salt, you guys. They salt back then, man, it was a preservative because they didn't have refrigeration. Salt was something that enhanced the flavor or brought out the flavor. And he's going, here's why you're here. Here's the kingdom of God. This is the economy of the kingdom of God. You're here so that somebody else will know what you know. You're here so that someone else will be blessed by what you've been blessed by. You're here that when you're at the end of your rope and you're realizing Jesus is there, you're here to tell somebody else that when they're at the end of their rope, they can also recognize that Jesus is here. You're here to bring out the flavor of who God is. You guys, this is what happened last week with Aisha. Aisha came up here and shared from her heart and from the middle, from the pain and the waiting and the impatience and, the, and sometimes even the lack of hope 
but she, re- she shared it with, a, with an understanding of God meeting her there. And here's what happened. People leaned in because they're going, I'm at the end of my rope too. And Jesus meets me there. That's being sought. That's, that's enhancing it, or that's showing off the flavor of God that meets them wherever they're at. Look at what else he says. He says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be a light, bringing out the God colors in the world. I love that, to bring out the God colors in the world. God's not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. He's going, man, it's internal, external. Internal salt, external light. I, you know, for some, you're, you're, you might want to go, man, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Man, God's going to bring it out from the inside. God's going to bring it out from the outside. But that's what he's calling us to be. Now look at what he says. This is powerful. At least it was powerful for me as I read it this last week. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Saying, let people in on this. And Aisha could have held that. She didn't have to share it. I was one telling her not to. I'm going, man, that's pretty vulnerable for you to share that for all those people. You know that someone's going to come up to you with some sort of advice on what to do. And she's going, no, I feel, I feel like the Holy Spirit is telling me i got to share this. And it's because of this. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. And now this is the absolute key to it all, you guys. This is the absolute key. This is what links the blessing to the charge. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God. By opening up with others about, and you being vulnerable and you sharing those things, it doesn't prompt them to your vulnerability. It can, but it prompts them to open up with God. Somebody that is at the end of their rope, that has lost, lost what is love to them, and you, and you open up about what's going on with you, and what does that do? Man, that invites them into not only what's going on in your life, but that invites them into the truth of who God is. It invites them to the Lord. And he's saying, that's the charge on our life. That's why we're here. That's the track. That's being on the right track. How are we, how are we, how are we recognizing the blessing of the Lord recognizing that God is there and then being a blessing to somebody else. That's making it matter. That's how they're connected. See, you're, you're on the right track when somebody else, when you lead somebody else to the track. You're on the right track when somebody else sees that and they go, oh, there's a track. There's a place that I can find peace and love. There's a place that will help me in the midst of me being at the end of my rope. I started going back and looking at all the other passages that we just looked at. I'm just going, think about this, because every time I've read this before, it's been about me. I've read the blessed passages, and it's like, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. And I read it just for that, and then I read the next piece, as if Jesus put a pause in it, you know, went and got a donut, came back and started the rest of his sermon. But he links these together. Look at this. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope with less of you. There's more of God and his rule. When Don Bachman stood up here and shared about his, about his wife's dementia, what did he do? He's going, man, I'm at the end of my rope. She doesn't even know my name anymore. But he shared about how God met him there. And people leaned in. Because they're going, if he's going to meet 
If God's going to meet him there, maybe he'll meet me here too. Don could have just kept that to himself. But he shared it. And we were blessed by it. When it, says, when it says you're blessed if you feel you've lost what's most dear to you, only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You guys, last week as Aisha sharing this, I'm sitting there with a good friend of mine that's gone through a horrific divorce. And I, and, and I knew that that week she had just posted online, she had just posted a, 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 a social media post on Facebook that just said, man, I, I, I never thought I would be the one that says my daughter's at her dad's house. She said, I never thought I'd be that person. But after 20-some years of marriage, I'm that person now. But she said, but in the middle of it, what I have discovered is, is I'm embracing the one most dear to me. And she said last Sunday, she said, and Bill, what's weird about it is five women responded, personal response to me, saying, you finally gave words to my divorce. See, I've been afraid and I've been living in the shadows because I'm afraid of what my Christian brothers and sisters would say to me about this divorce. And she said, but you just put words and you're saying in the midst of that loss, God is still there. Man, the courage for her to share and the blessing for somebody else. And that's making it matter. You keep going and you go, you go, you're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourself proud owners of everything that can't be bought. I did college ministry for 20 years. And in those 20 years of doing college ministry, I had a good friend that was my assistant director. And she was married and she was, she was single into her mid-30s. She, she was the bridesmaid to like 20 weddings. And she said to herself, she said to, to, these, to, to these college students, she's going, I long to be married. I want to be married. I want to have kids. But you know what else I've discovered? I'm content in my singleness. She said, I'm content because God's meeting me there and I'm learning new things. Me and, me and the Lord are learning new things. And I'm, I'm finding myself content while I long. And you know what that did for all those students that heard it? Those students heard that and they're going, okay. She was blessed to be a blessing. They heard it and it drew them to Jesus. Not just in their singleness and content in their singleness, it drew them to Jesus. When you're, ble you're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. His food and drink is the best meal you'll ever eat. Do you ever meet anybody that has just got an unbelievable appetite for Jesus? Do you ever meet anybody that just, that just pours off of him? A lot of times those people, man, they're not keeping it to themselves. A lot of times we think that way reading scripture, this is a great passage for me. But, but man, when you have that great appetite for God and you share it, think of the blessing you have for somebody else. There's two people in this room that come in here every single week, Dennis and Peggy Lewis, every single week, they come in here before church and they walk the chairs and they pray for every one of you. Did you know that? Today, before you came in here, you were prayed for because Dennis and Peggy, every single Sunday, walk the chairs. Walk through each one and just pray for the people that are going to be sitting in those chairs. Man, they got an appetite for Jesus and they're giving it away. Dennis will read a passage of scripture and he'll pull me aside and he'll go, Bill, I read this passage, it was super inspiring for me. And here, let me tell you what it might mean for you. 
And I'm just like, man, that is somebody that has an appetite that is sharing it, and I'm blessed because of it. And that's being, that, is, that is bringing out the flavor of God, and it's, it is showing the God colors to a guy that needs to see that. When you keep reading and you say, and you say, it says, it says you're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, you find yourself cared for. Man, that's why Jesus says that because he's going, man, I want you to care and to pour that care out and to see how that care will actually lead someone to something more than just the response to that care. It might actually lead them to Jesus' response. When, we, when, the, when the shooting happened at, at, uh, at King Supers, Man, we, we just got together as a staff and we're just saying, how can we respond? We immediately called Cornerstone Church because they're the church that's right next to there. And we said, we'll do whatever you want us to do. You need some help with the vigil? You do what, we'll do whatever you want us to do to help. But then we looked at these guys, Safeway, right next to us. And we just thought, the, all those people in those grocery stores, how much do they fear going to work the next day? And so we said, how can we bless them too? We talked about it and then Jackie took that on. And my wife, my wife just said, okay, here's what we're going to do. And she went out and she got these baskets. Check it out. We, we put this on social media. She put, we got these baskets and she brought these baskets over. The one in the purple, that's just Starbucks, Starbucks gift cards for every employee at Safeway. That's where, you know, when we talk about being generous and where your money might go, that's where it's going. Man, so, it's, so, so Jackie brings this stuff over. She brings it to the manager at the Safeway. And, and she says, here, will you give this to your employees? And the manager says, uh-uh, you're coming, you're coming with me. And we're going to gather in all the employees. So all these employees all gathered together. And Jackie just said, man, this is what we're doing. We just want to, we care for you guys. And she said everyone was weeping, weeping. They just couldn't believe that this is what she was, she was doing, that, that our church was doing for them. Our care, our care leads someone not just to receive that care, but might actually lead them to the foot of the cross. And that's what's happening. That's all, that's, that's salt and that's light. That's the charge that God's given us. That's what he's, that's what he's saying we're here for. That's why he's saying, make it matter. You're on the right track when you help someone to see there's a track. Now, I know, I know that when you're at the end of your rope, it is super easy for you to just go inward. It's about me. When you're, when you're struggling and you've lost what is you care most deep to you, 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 you turn inward. It's about me. It's about me. We want to jump that track. When I, was a, when I was a kid, I was a Cub Scout, and my dad, we'd get these, these uh, pine wood blocks, and all the rest of the Cub Scouts would whittle it into this really cool car for the Pinewood Derby. My dad just sliced off the one side and sliced off the other, made sure it was aerodynamic and said, paint it, let's put it on the track. And you know what? It worked. I mean, those, it was super aerodynamic. My brother's car would win every time. My car came in last every time. And the reason why is because the wheels were on crooked. And when the wheels were on crooked, when you're going down the track, you just keep wanting to jump it, to jump to another track. You guys... When, when the crap is hitting the fan, we want to jump the track. We want it to be about us. It's just about me. All the stuff with COVID, all the things that we've been dealing with in the pandemic, man, we want it to be about me. And Jesus is saying, you're blessed because God is meeting you at the end of your rope. He's meeting you and he's helping you and he's guiding you 
to somebody else that needs to hear that too. And it's been hard for me in this last year. There have been so many times that I have felt sorry for myself in the middle of this pandemic, so many times. And remember this, when Jesus talks about pride, it's not, it's not always about thinking too highly of yourself. Sometimes it's just thinking too much of yourself. And he's saying, I'm meeting you. I'm meeting you in this moment. I'm there to hold that rope when you can't hold it any longer. And I guarantee you somebody else is at the end of their rope. To step out to them takes courage. But Jesus has given us that courage. To step out to somebody else means surrender. But he's telling us it's okay to surrender. He's saying, I want you to make it matter. I want you to, to look beyond yourself. I have blessed you. Now go be a blessing. That's my kingdom. And my kingdom come. And my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now those disciples, when they heard him say that, they could have easily just gone, okay, whatever, Jesus, and walked home. Like many of us do on a normal Sunday, where we're just, okay, that's great. And we go home, and then it's back to me and God. But he's going, no, no, come on, this is your charge. This is your challenge. This is making it matter. Father, I want to pray that in this upcoming week, as people are going through everyday life, and sometimes as we find ourselves at the end of our rope, I pray, Lord, that you'd help each one of us to figure out how do we make this truth of your goodness, your love, your grace? How do we embrace it? And then how do we give it? God, I want to pray for spouses. How do we give it? Give this love that you've given us. I want to pray for children. How do we give this love that you've given us? I want to pray for your workmate, schoolmate, roommate. I pray that you'd help us to figure out the ways, one way, one way this week to give it away. And Lord, we confess, we confess there are times where we're just pure salt and we're too salty. And it does not enhance, it does not bring out your flavor. We confess that there are times that we just make stances and we do things that it just, that, that isn't bringing out the, the beauty and the, and the unbelievable flavor of your love. God, I pray that you would help us in those moments that we have just gotten too salty when, we, when it's just about the salt. God, help us to, to do it for one reason, to bring out your love. 
pray that when we, we and the lights are when we shine the lights so bright that people are turning away. God, help us to shine light to bring out your color, your love. Oh, Lord, we pray that each one of us would would be would recognize the blessing and then be the blessing. We'd recognize the track and invite somebody else to see that that track that is your love is right there for them. It's in your name we pray.